Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 226. That's 226. It's the ENS Wolves podcast, sponsored by Adoption at Heart. Probably, probably Liam Keane, Esquire, the earliest Wolves podcast uh, we've done in these 226 beautiful episodes over the last five years have been uh, 9, 9.06 a.m. I mean, I'm struggling to get up for this, mate. I've got a big coffee, I've got some water, I need I need some pep in my step, but I, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm struggling to find it. I need well, your I'll, help. I was out of bed about half an hour ago. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so, yes, this, could be, so. this could be a very very bang average podcast. Well, you know, yeah, I... Uh, I'm sure you're about to mention it anyway. Uh, if you can hear that, by the way, my laptop is suddenly having a bit of a, a moment. A bit of a meltdown. And it, is, and it is all of a sudden come out with a load of uh, very loud whooshing sounds, but it, it should settle down any second. Um, if, you're, if you're charging it, I've noticed I have to take my charger out when I do these because sometimes it overheats and you hear that. So I have to, take, I have to fully charge it, otherwise you do get interference, but it seems okay for my end, mate. Sweet, 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 sweet. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're about to mention it, but I actually am off this week. Uh, uh, again? I know, I know, but you know, I had time to use it, to, to, you know, to, to book off, use it up. I was going to lose it if I didn't use it. Oh, I like that. Um, lose it if you don't, is, is that the ENS motto? <laughs> lose it if you don't use it. I was smart, well, Could yeah, be a exactly. motto for a lot of things, to be fair. Um, and of course, I mean, I'm, I'm, people probably don't realise this, but... Mm. Um, the nature of the job, uh, and this goes for my colleagues as well. Yeah, we're yeah. not allowed to book time off around Christmas because there's so many fixtures, and um, and we can't have you know one person off to then try and cover well, everything else. Well, so yeah, I've say, got it. You say you say that, but uh, uh, Mr. Luke Hatfield's got Christmas week off. You are joking. Ah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? The kids you're too these you're days. too kind with him. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. Uh, no, mate, you've got. Like we said before, international break's got to take him off. Unfortunately, I've got to go to... I say unfortunately, I shouldn't say that because, you know, in-laws might be listening and stuff like that. I've got to go across to Seattle for Thanksgiving, so I do miss the Burnley and Norwich games. Now, people would say I picked those fixtures because they are Burnley and Norwich, but I, I, I don't mind going to Norwich. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind going there. I think it's quite a good away trip, apart from that A15 or whatever that d- disgusting route is. But actually getting there, I quite enjoy mm. it. But um, so normally I do, ta- and I have done in the previous uh, previous few months, times with with uh, with the off season and with the, with international breaks. By the way, internationals again, get in the bin, get in the bin. But I'm impressed, mate. I'm impressed that you've you've stepped up to the plate. You're doing the podcast in the morning. You've got a day out of you. I was I was going to ask you this actually before. Um, has it got to the stage yet now? Because obviously when you're doing Warsaw and stuff like that, it doesn't really matter. But when you're doing Wolves. Now, as the missus gone, are you working again? Are you doing it this time? I thought we were doing this. Has <laughs> that had? Because I mean, we all get it. We all get it from you know. I, I've had it. Tim's had it. We've, we've, we've had you know. You get it in the neck sometimes. Is it, has it? Have you had that moment yet where where your better half's gone? Liam, really? Like we're supposed to be going out here. Or I've got to. I've got to send this. Or I've got to. You know, I've got to quickly do this podcast. But it's our day today. Yeah, but I'll be doing it. You know, have you had that little bit of a little bit of trouble in paradise moment yet? More times than you can count. Oh, uh, oh dear! <laughs> no, uh, you know we don't even plan this, and I promise you we haven't planned this. But it was it was last night as well. Um, I happened at about half eleven to fire the laptop up, <laughs> and have a little uh, have a little browse. Um, yeah, yeah, as you do. The questions: Are you doing work? What, oh, brilliant! What, what, what brilliant. are you doing? Are you doing? Are you doing this now? It's half eleven. <laughs> 
Yep. Well, you know, I've been out and about choking people out all day. Um, choking people out all uh, day. Oh, you so, doing. You have to reference that, Liam, because uh, otherwise you might not be coming back after, after your break. <laughs> it's, it's not a euphemism. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, in the reason, part of the reason I'm, uh, you know, doing this, we haven't done this podcast so early, is that mm. I'm heading off to jiu-jitsu uh, fairly soon afterwards. Oh, no. Uh, session for you, mate. Yeah. Get some cardio yeah. in. I'll be coming back. I'll be, I'll be coming back. <laughs> Getting showered, getting ready, having a bit of food, chilling out, going back again oh, <laughs> this evening, going for going for a double session today. You're not spending um, time. No wonder she's pissed off with you, mate. I mean, <laughs> she's working from home today as well. Double jujitsu and, and firing up your ENS laptop. I mean, what's going on? Well, no, it's got to be done. You know, man's got to have a priority sometimes. Oh dear, I'm I'm struggling, mate. I was at Warsaw last night. I mean. You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I can't get myself up for international break. So you can see what I'm like when I turn up to the EFL trophy against Forest Green on a Wednesday night. Um, Giving me flashbacks that. I remember actually doing a... a it was ex- exactly the same competition, EFL trophy, Forest mm. Green at home. Mm. Uh, Warsaw won 6-0, which was pretty okay, good. Okay, well, that's nice. Um, Lost 2-0 th- last night, but carry <laughs> on. <laughs> but I think that might have been... If it wasn't that, it was another one from the same season. But it might have okay. been the record lowest attendance ever at the Bouncers. Oh, really? It, it, it definitely was uh, a game that I covered. I'm forgetting whether it was at 6-0 or not, but it was a record lowest. I think they had about 600 or something. Oh, I mean, um, they, yeah. they said they said 1,700 last night. I mean, possibly 1,700 last night. That's <laughs> but I mean, it was, it was nice to see Mr. Joe Edwards, of course, new, new dadder. So I was talking to him about about nappy changes and what has he done. Do you know? I mean, I can probably unveil this now because I don't think he'll be, he'll be fine. I mean, mother and baby doing well, which is the most important thing, great. And he says the sleep's not too bad. He has not changed a nappy for a poo yet. Just peas. Is that the dream? That is the dream. Wow. No it's solids. Not... He's no, no solids. It's been about three weeks, hasn't it? Almost four I know. weeks. I know. The missus does them all. He is living the, he is living oh. his best life. Oh, I could not believe it. I mean, I've been, I've been, you know, if we ever do have children or, or, or Lana pops out another Pomeranian, one of the two, um... <laughs> Um, we've, she said, you know, we're only having them if you have to muck in and do the, do, do the whole, you know, both ends. And I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, I've tried to get babysitters in. We'll try and fly someone over. But I think we're going to have to do it at some point. But yeah, he's, he's avoided it somehow. So it's a fair play. But tired because you're getting at like midnight, you know, 11.30. And then you're still uploading, like you say, uh, videos and, and, and whatnot and sorting out the app for the next day. And then by the time you get to bed, once you watch your Coronation Streets and then maybe you know a little bit of you know, a little bit of American sport, it's two a.m. Bed struggling, the bed's giving me jip at the moment. Then you get up at seven or eight, and you've got a bit of a back problem, and then you take the dogs out. I'm, I'm tired. Actually, say, saying back problem, went to uh, went to go get a new mattress yesterday, mate. Purchased a new mattresses, by the way, mate. Dear oh. I can't believe it. Like we got, ours is pretty good. I mean, we got it about five or six, seven years ago. But you know, when you've got that that little bit of a groove in it now, and you've tried mm. to turn it, and it hasn't worked, and you, you're both getting up with, with with kind of like muscular pain, and then you go on holiday, you go in a different bed, and you're all right. So you think it's got to, got to change the mattress. Been putting it on off and off and off and off. Anyway, went yesterday. Long story short, to uh, dreams. Have you had dreams? Oh, I'm well aware. No, there's dreams. Well, well, and, and and they do come true in there for many, says Gabrielle. <laughs> and um, so we go into Soil Retail Park to this dream store and greeted by this nice, very nice lady. And she's like, right, well, you know, 
perfect. We've got the perfect mattress for you. I'm like, of course you are, of course you are. <laughs> so yeah, they've got this computer. I don't know if people have, have been in and, and, and mattress bought recently. They've got this computerized thing now. A bit like, you know, when you go and try your trainers on and they can, or you, they, they analyze your, your, your foot cadence and they say, well, this is the best shoe for you or whatever. You sit on a bed and then you, you stare, you stare up or, you, you know, you have to select, do you sleep on your side or do you sleep on your back or your front and where do you have your pain? And then, and then this bed kind of like, almost like a massage chair, kind of like contorts you and, and, and makes you feel and says, where, where, you know, where you're putting more weight on in, in the bed. And then they choose the best two or three mattresses for your specifications. Unbelievable. I mean, that, 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 that all seems pretty uh, otherworld. Well, I'm quite impressed with that. Yeah, and then you get like half and half. So, so I'm very much a firm mattress person. Alana's more medium cloud kind of. So you can have different, you know, different tensions on either side. Anyway, it comes up with this two or three of these, two or three of these uh, mattresses, and uh, we end up going for a Tempur-Pedic one, mate. You know, the old memory foam in the end, a firm memory foam mattress. I've, but, I've got, I've got memory foam. You can't go wrong with that. Is it good? Do you like it? Oh, yeah. Is it? So, and obviously no vibration because Alana's a wriggler at night. When she's sleeping, uh, and, and, and I, I'm, a, I'm a very light sleeper, so this is obviously takes out all the vibrations out, which which, which is good. Um, but the two that they suggested, of course, two of the most expensive ones in the store. So I think this flipping thing is an absolute load of rubbish. I reckon people are getting it, and they're getting the same flipping mattress every single time. They want to upsell, don't they? So I, I'm not I'm not sure whether I trust it. But anyway, it's coming in a couple of weeks. But mate. We've got a super king bed because obviously it's me, Alana, and the two dogs, so we need you know need some space. Two and a half grand. What? Two and a half thousand pounds for Come a mattress. But we got two free pillows. Oh, you should have said. I what, know. Yeah, what two deal? free pillows. Are here at one hundred nine pounds each. So I thought it's a you were going to say mate. something like six, seven, eight hundred. No, one hundred nine quid each for the pillow. And the mattress protector we start to pay for as well. It's another seventy quid on top. But yeah, You're two and a half. Jeez. So I better have a decent night's sleep, mate. Uh, that's like that's like my yearly uh, that's like my yearly wage. Yearly wage. <laughs> mate, I need to get some decent use of it. Come round, mate. Come round for a kip. It's everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome at Shade Judah. The relationship's gone to a new level now. I'm getting invited, getting invited around for a little kip. You said you were a light sleeper. Is that right? A very light sleeper. I have. I have um, wow. Back in back in the days when I had GCSE and A levels, you know when it, oh, I don't know, it's probably all digitised now, but they used to come literally through the post. So I, we, I think we got GCSEs at school, but then the A levels were coming through the post. Mm. So, and I was I used to stay at, well when I was at mum and dad's house. I was at the very top floor. I used to be a really heavy sleeper, and when you've got that, you know when you know something's happening next morning. And they're like two or three days they didn't come, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm like three floors up. I'm like miles away in the loft. You can't hear anything. And for some reason that day, or the, the first two or three days, I had like supersonic hearing because I wanted to hear that letterbox. And once, you know, when the butterflies start going, and then it did come, run downstairs and the letter's there. And then from, from then on, I've just been the lightest sleeper ever. Like I hear everything. So it's eye mask, it's earplugs, I need blackout, I need everything. That's... There's nothing more annoying than rolling over at night and then the missus has got the phone on full brightness. <laughs> I, I hate um... that. I'm an incredibly deep sleeper. Oh yeah, like ridiculously. So I remember there was like uh, one of those like mini earthquake tremor things, like you know when I was a kid that mm. you know they all it was all over the news. It was coming over from wherever, and it were they everyone, big monsters. Uh, and did, did Christine Slater defeat them? That's a that's an old school <laughs> reference that you might not know, mate. Yeah, I think, a few people will. 
Um, didn't wake up, and oh. everyone else, my family, I think everyone else on my street pretty much woke up. I didn't hear a thing, but I don't wake up for anything. Um, incredibly, incredibly light sleeper, and an incredibly active sleeper. Oh, active. Nice. Um, my mind's very active. I do a lot of talking. Mm. Um, I do a lot of movements. Um, I may or may not on several occasions got out of bed and walked around. Oh, no. Totally asleep. Oh, no. Um, Paranormal I, Activity 8 with Liam oh, Keane. Scary stuff. I've, scary uh, stuff. I, I've, I've done, I've like physically, you know, moved things, picked things, I've had full-on conversations with uh, Rosie, my partner, while I've been asleep the whole time. Oh, that's dangerous. It's, I mean, yeah. you, don't want to, you don't want to go down that route. It's not you, good. You can't, you can't blame talking in the sleep as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. You're like Mambo number five, Sandy and Rita and everyone going through them all, mate. Oh, <laughs> right, um, we better we better move on to some wolf stuff because we'll get told off again. We'll get told off again. To be fair, it was 15 minutes last week. It's only it's only 12 this week. We we will reduce it, but you know it's international break, so we've got to fill some time somewhere. Um, Palace. I, I, I entitled uh, the the episode two two five fireworks at Palace. I mean. Some of them needed a, a rocket lit of their arse, I tell you that, because uh, it was very much light, light the fireworks and nothing came out. Um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't great, mate, was it? It was not great. No, that was a nice, uh, nice transition there, Bob. Mm, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, the most exciting thing really from that game was uh, me getting abuse on Twitter from Palace fans. Um, oh, you, you did! I did as well. What, what was the abuse you got? I, I, you know, again, this is not. This is another situation where we haven't planned this beforehand. I just Excellent. assumed you probably did as well. No, we don't plan. People know the two hundred twenty-six episodes <laughs> in. They know there's no planning going on. So yeah, don't worry about that's that. That's a good point. I, I should, just, just, it goes what I'm saying. You don't say no. Come on, the script that they've got there that they're going off there. How many scripts have I sent you? Zero. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, <laughs> we, we, we wing it every time, every week. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, it got the 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 video. The, the I have clip, got some sorry. notes written down here, but they're for my purpose only because I like to, you know, I like to put stuff on you, mate. To be fair, yeah, and yeah, uh, so, that, that's the best way, mate. You, people script podcasts, and I mean script it to the absolute letter of the law. And I think it, I think it's static, and we've we've done it for such a long time. I think you need a bit of pop. You need a bit of you can diversity. tell the difference, can't you? Yeah, I think so. I think you really can. I don't want to be reading off a sheet or reading off a hymn sheet. Anyway, that's my excuse. Anyway, carry on, carry on, <laughs> carry on with your abuse. <laughs> the uh, we have to bring back abuse of the week at this rate. Oh, um, the yeah, the, the the video we did afterwards. You know, Zahar walks past. Oh shout, yes, shouts something up to. I think it's MacArthur. Is it in the stand? He's yeah, doing a video yeah. with the with the club. Yeah, yeah, and right. I. It, I mean, I think most people realise. I was obviously having a bit of a laugh. I just, I turned around and went, "Oh, he's annoying, isn't he?" Um, oh, they I'll, got you on the video of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's on the, it's, it's on the video. You know, oh, that video was put out, and I knew that was going out. I mean, I, I didn't think it would be an issue. I mean, but first of all, not that I really care what Palestine's are saying oh, to no. me. First of all, no. I didn't lose any sleep over that. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't talking about it in my sleep either. But um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was clipped up, um, put all over Twitter from all the Palace fans saying. This Wolves journo is still oh. rattled after full time. Um, really? People calling me. Uh, what was? What, there was one. That, ah, it's a great insult. I was quite pleased with this uh, tweet actually. Uh, this some guy called me. He he said the guy on the left is in you. Yeah. Uh, knows what he's talking about. The guy. Oh, on the, because the guy did, they, the, did they put because I praised him? I think didn't they when you was talking about yeah. him? Was that right? The guy on the right is a helmet. <laughs> uh, I quite, you know what helmet I'll, I'll have to let that one slide it's a great insult it's a great insult but in all fairness you know look I, I justified what I was saying by saying he was annoying by saying that um, which I said afterwards was that 
and it was in the clip as well that he you know he scraps everyone and he's you know he's a bit of a hothead and it's it, it's just a bit annoying really to watch him you know fly himself all over the pitch, diving oh. etc. However, I also agreed with you that he's a very good player and Palace deserved the the result. Of course. You know, they that, doesn't take, get, that doesn't make the clip, mate. That it, doesn't make they, the clip. You know, they, they, don't, uh, they don't take all of it into account. They only take into account the, the bit they like. But then there was another tweet that really made me laugh, genuinely made me laugh out loud. I was uh, later that evening uh, on the Sunday. Um, yeah. It all died down. I mean, it wasn't that much, to be honest. It was only a bit, but it was um, a couple of my mates were sending it me on because the, they'd seen it on Twitter and stuff, and it was quite funny. Yeah. Um, and then some guy just tweets me in the evening randomly saying, Evening, Liam. Um, it's, it's a Palace fan, obviously. Evening, Liam. How does it feel to know that you laugh at your own jokes? Oh! <laughs> and I was, I was like, you know what? That's quite a good tweet. I, I, good I, I think that's pretty funny. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got one here. Uh, Liam Keane's perfect Saturday today for him. Oh, this is a Wolves fan. Liam Keane's perfect Saturday today for him. When we win, he struggles to praise us. He must have been rubbing his hands with glee to do this report. Most anti-Wolves journal at the Express and Star. <laughs> okay. and, then, and then dot, dot, dot. Jude is not much better. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, he's not. He's useless. No, uh, where, where was that? Was that on Twitter? Was that on the that's comments? On, that's on our actual video, not the clipped one. You have to send me the clipped one. Tab oh, is it the comments underneath the video? Yeah, yeah. That is so funny. Well, whoever that was... Um, I didn't see it because it doesn't mean anything to me and I don't care. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Antti, what are you on about? I'm talking oh, about how great we've been. And I'm a bloody Wolves fan. What are you on about? So what went wrong, mate? What went wrong? Because it was, it was a shock of a display. And, and yeah. um, kind of the, you know, what we said afterwards is that it was kind of a missed opportunity because they'd done so well in the league. And, and Palace and Oda had a had a really good win at, um, at Man City. But you felt that this was a game where they could really have a, have a good go at, Wall, at, at Palace. And, um, you know, almost with that... You know, if they go down and they go down fighting, but it was such a such a drab showing. I, I felt like it was really disappointing. Like I say, from a game where you could really um, have a go, maybe try that free flowing football, and and you know try and score some goals. Yeah, I'll, I'll get this out of the way quickly. This mm. one bit that I first of all want to genuinely give praise to Palace. I thought they were very good. Um, I thought tactically they were spot on. Um, mm. I thought they they pressed high. They were aggressive. They were on the front foot. Uh, won the ball back quickly, looked good in attacking areas, pretty solid defensively, albeit Wolves, you know, didn't offer too many problems. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Palace were very good, first of all. Um, it's a strange one when it comes to the, the away performances, and, and I asked Bruno this after the game as well, because it is a it is a pattern really now, isn't it, with the, with the away performances. Um, Leeds was very similar in that it was very compact. You could go as far as to say maybe slightly negative, mm-hmm. Um in the in the in the setup, uh, you know, Wolves sat back very defensively. You know, two blocks of well, a block of five and a block of four, really, mm-hmm. with with Raul sort of sitting on his own. Um, you know, trying to preserve and the Leeds game preserve a lead against Palace. Come away with what would probably would have been a pretty good away point had they managed to get one. Um, yeah. But is it is it the right way to be approaching games? Probably not. I mean, Bruno came back and said, you know, he doesn't want his team to play like that. Uh, he wanted Wolves to have more of the ball, but that he's got to find a solution to uh, ignore the word solution. I know there's uh, <laughs> some Wolves fans don't like that. Um, he's got to yeah, he's got to find a a fix really to the issue that Wolves are finding themselves in, where if they don't have enough of the ball, and when they do have it, a team presses them, they tend to struggle. We've yeah. seen that. We've seen that against Leeds. We've seen it against Palace. I think you can argue for eighty minutes. You saw that against Villa. 
um, and probably a couple of other games as well off the top of my well, Brentford again actually is a great uh, example of that um, the other team pressing Wolves high they struggle to bring the ball out of the back and in turn struggle to keep hold of possession mm. um, and then when they're sat on the edge of their box for you know 80% of a game um, they're struggling to see out results um, Leeds was a I think we said this at the time uh, that had, had that game been 10 minutes longer um, or if Leeds didn't go through that little wall, which they went around sort of the hour mark, they probably would have won that game. Yeah. Um, and Wolves probably, it, touch and go deserved a point. It was a, you know, it was a, 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 you know, they played well in terms of, you know, looking after, um, pre- preserving that lead for so long, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, they just sat back so much. And it was similar with, with Palace, really. There was not really much attacking threat. And when that same pattern is emerging... It's uh, it can be a little bit concerning. However, it's better to know what the problems are to rectify them than to be sat here wondering why Wolves all of a sudden have uh, you know not putting a performance away from home again. Yeah, it's frustrating though for me because you know they played pretty good in in portions against Everton, and you know he's gone with the same team. He's trusted his team. Uh, and they've kind of just let him down, really. And, and you know, whether we, we can argue about team selection as much as we want, but but end of the day, that team that's gone there is good enough to at least give Palace a game. And like you say, especially the possession stats, they really kept... I, I know it's a tight pitch at Palace, and I know you know it's not everybody's favourite place to go, but you've got to adapt. But at the same time, they just, they just showed nothing throughout the game, really. There were no... I mean, I can't remember a decent clear-cut chance, and that's that's really disappointing for the second year in a row. I mean, they were horrible at Palace last year as well, but but it was very much, dare I say it, a, a Nuno and not a Bruno performance. You know, it was it was it was backs to the wall. It was last-ditch tackles. It was a little bit of niggle in there, and and you know, the goal was inevitable. Whether it was you know. It was onside and and uh, you know kind of frustrating way to, to concede, but at the same time, um, they just didn't show much for me at all at all in that in that game, and that was the main disappointment. Yeah, I think well, I'm assuming we'll probably come on to you know tactical and, and, mm. and Bruno's choices, mm. but I think it's a fair point to say that, um, albeit that is a big part of it, the players have got you know they've got jobs to do as well, haven't they? Yeah. You know, um, and I think too many times um, they switched off. Uh, I think this season, um, but I put that down really to a. It's still a, a work in progress with Bruno. You, you know, you have to, and I know managers don't get time uh, in modern football, but you have to remember he's only had a few months with this squad. Um, he's trying to do something very different to Nuno, albeit some of the results have been a little bit, some of the performances are rather sorry have been a little bit similar uh, to to last year. But then equally, we've seen other performances, first half at Everton, the first three games of the season, for example. Um, arguably the second half at Watford away um, that have been very good so um, he is trying to implement those changes it just it does take a bit of time but the players have to have a bit of responsibility of course they do you know players and we picked him out at the time we'll pick, I'll pick him out again um, I've got to be fair with the criticism that Francisco Trincao was very poor mm-hmm. uh, I thought Huang was very very quiet uncharacteristically quiet yeah. for someone who normally is you know it's not to say he didn't work hard but normally does work so hard and has such an influence on the game um, Raul again very quiet the front three almost almost non-existent throughout the game um, Aignori probably the best player for Wolf mm-hmm. on the pitch for me Kilman maybe you know close with him um, but then a couple of mistakes in coming out uh, defensively from Sice and Cody you know Neves and Moutinho not closing down the midfielders for, for both the goals 
Um, so there's uh, just inconsistencies throughout, I think. But I don't think it's time. I don't think, I don't think that result and that performance is an opportunity to panic. Um, I think it's uh, you have to take it with a pinch of salt and say, you know, these inconsistencies are going to happen when they're trying to put something together. Um, and I'll always come back to the fact that the squad isn't massive either. He's got limited options. If he brings a few in in January, which again, we'll, we'll, we'll wax lyrical about, about January later, um, then, you know, there's there's more options there and hopefully the inconsistencies become uh, become less uh, consistent. <laughs> That's yeah. quite a nice way to put it. Now, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts, Liam, with the, the attacker, the forwards, I mean, about Jimenez aside. At this moment in time, you've got you've got Trincao, who's hit and miss. I would say more miss than hit, to be honest. Um, you've got Adama Traore, who's benched again and is yet to sign a contract. Exactly the same situation as happened before. You've got Pedro Neto, who's back at Compton, back training and, and hoping for a mid-January return. And you've got Daniel Pedence, who, you know like it or not, is a fit and, and is not really playing much of a part. And it's probably, you know, the one who's had to sit back on the bench and just, just come on for, for small bit parts at this moment in time. Um, there was quite a few people saying, and look, as a side, not hindsight because we would have done it before, but he, he, he likes Trincao large. He, he really likes him. Uh, we would have played... Adama Traor, I think it was a game screaming out for Adama Traore. People say it was a trink it was a Traore game and not a Trincao game. I'm gonna change that around. Should Adama Traore be starting every game? Is is is, is Francisco Trincao and I know he had a good game at uh, or his better his best game probably in Wolshirt for 45 minutes against Everton that first half. I thought he was he was very good. But is there such thing as a, as a Trincao game and an Adama Traore game? Or do you just play your best players? And if you do play your best players, should Adama Traore be starting every week until, and I know he's had some, some duds as well, until, let's say, someone like a Pedro Neto's fit? Mm. It, it, it's, a good, it's a good question. Um, you, you don't come up with them very often, so it's a, hey. it's a bit of banter. Um, I think there is weight to be given to... Tactical nous, you know, a, a reason for playing a certain player. I do think there's there's room for that. Um, and what Trincao and what Troyore offer are very very different. Trincao was much better, he's much better inside. Bruno says it, he describes it this way all, all the time. He says the inside game, the outside game. Adam was the best in the club at having going out wide and, and running, you know, with the ball basically, yeah. getting to the byline, putting a cross in. Um, Trincao likes to playing between the lines, come inside, bring the ball, you know, on his left foot particularly, playing on the right as well, he cuts inside a lot. So uh, they're very, very different in, in the qualities they have, the style of play. Um, before I come on to Troy, a little sort of nugget I'll throw in there for me is uh, Pedence and Trincao are very similar. And for me, Pedence should be playing ahead of Trincao right now. Mm. Um, so almost the almost the argument of Adama or Trincao was almost null and void because of the tactical differences. For me, Pedence should be playing ahead of Trincao right now because yeah. I think he's had more of an impact when he's come on in games. He didn't at Palace, um, but n- no one Nobody did really did at Palace. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's difficult to, you know, criticise him really. Um, Trincao, you know, obviously started, started from the off. I, I don't hate the fact that he got given an opportunity to play again because I thought he had his his best performance really against Everton, particularly for the, the first half. Um, so I don't hate the fact that he, you know, stuck with him, gave him a bit of uh, 
uh, trust and confidence and, and playing him again. Um, and of course, you know, Bruno and his team would have picked out tactical reasons for playing him again. You know, the, particularly the inside game in between the lines, picking the ball up in pockets of space and playing passes. That's where they that's where they wanted him. That's why they wanted him. But for me, the the lack of a reaction was mm. what was concerning because I, I said it at half time, and I think it was fairly obvious much earlier than that as well that. Um, because of Palace's midfield three dominating the ball so much, Wolves were having to be forced into a counter-attacking style. And if you're going to play that, you need to play Adama Traore. Mm. What I said at half-time was, you've got two options. You either... And I don't think... I think I think they are, sorry. I think they are mutually exclusive, these two options, in this particular scenario at Palace. Yeah. I don't think you could have done both of them. But you either bring Dendonka on and play midfield three and play Huang and Jimenez up top, mm-hmm. or you bring Troy Ori on for Trincao and mm-hmm. play and, and play to his strengths uh, with a counter-attacking style. Both of those result in Trincao coming off at half-time, and for me, that would have been the right, that would have been the right decision, uh, certainly. So um, I think in that particular game, the, the lack of a reaction was concerning. But I do I understand where the questions come from, but I do think there is space for looking at the opposition and, and, and thinking, what can we do to hurt them? Where's, where are we going to have most of the ball and where are we going to have the better attacking positions? And if he thinks that Trincao is going to offer that better, then, you know, I don't... I don't or, uh, you know, a pedence, that style of uh, player, sorry. I don't hate playing him ahead of Troy uh, I just think the reaction should have been to bring Troy on afterwards. Because not every manager gets it right from the starting eleven every week. You know, you see the best managers in the league, Thomas Tuchel making changes at half-time. You see Klopp making changes. You know, they, they don't always get it right from beginning of the game but they react quickly and they make a change and they go on to get results I think what was needed to change a bit earlier yeah it'd be interesting this week and we talk about internationals talk about players being away and, and you know lack of players to work with back at Compton but as far as I know and you can correct me if I'm wrongly which I probably am uh, Francisco Trincao will be at Compton for two weeks um, Adama Traore has not gone away I don't believe um, as far as I know Um Mainly because he was pictured in Salt Bay's restaurant a couple of days ago in London, so I assume that he's <laughs> he's kicking around, and and pro- they probably had a couple of days off. I'm sure they have done. Um, so so he's still here, and um, and Huang Huang might be away. Is Huang away? Oh, that's a good question. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. He, he, he normally is called up to South Korea, so it's whether they've got any games or not. Yeah, but I mean, Trincao's there. Uh, I know. So, but you, you know, you've got Trincao who will be there. You've got uh, on the training pitch. You've got Adamatro who's on the training pitch. You've got um, Daniel Pedence who will be on the training pitch. So, so you know, those are three players who Bruno will probably have a good look at this week. I think, and probably have some some time to work individually with with each one of them and, and seeing their strengths and their weaknesses and, and seeing them all together. And training, I think that'll be an important part. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that. Let's say that they play with the three forwards as they have been doing against West Ham. And I'm not going to preview West Ham now because we've got next week. But, but I'm, I'm obviously Jimenez is going to start, and I'm pretty sure that Huang will start as well. I think you know, I know he had a quiet game, but I'm, I'm saying Huang will start. So, so you know, it could be a place up for grabs for one of those three players. Really, I think so. Yeah, I think. Uh... Right and who do you now. think who do you think would be would be ahead now if the game was this weekend? Who who would you expect to start? I would expect Traore to start, particularly at home. Um, I, would, I would expect him to start certainly. But I think you're right. I think it is pretty much nailed on that Huang and and Raul are going to play. I mean, mm-hmm. I know Bruno has sprung a few surprises. You know, not playing Raul at Villa and 
not playing uh, Neves in a couple of games, leads away and another one as well. So mm-hmm. um, there is, uh, you know, he has given us a few surprises along the way, but I think it's pretty much nailed on that that Huang and uh, and Raul start, and then and yeah. then yeah, it's up for, it's up for grabs really. Right now, I'd say Traore mm-hmm. um, because I, I mean, you know, surely they 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 know that it wasn't a good performance from from uh, from Trincao. Yeah. But he has shown faith in him in the in the past, hasn't he? You know, whether whether he sticks with him again. He has. Um one more thing about Trincao. Uh the reports are kicking around Liam saying about the new Barcelona boss. Xavi wants um wants Trincao back uh in in January. There's a story that's out on the Express and Star at the moment. What's your understanding of the situation where Barcelona are? Obviously the Barcelona play where Wolves are, where the loan deal agreement is, what what's um What's the current uh, the current standings? Yes, so obviously he's on loan for the season. Uh, they've got a, an option of around about twenty five million to make it permanent uh, if Wolves choose to, of course. Um, so there's no January recall clause um, in that deal. So essentially, you know, it's all the all the cards are in Wolves' hands. Really, you know, they they. Uh, they they hold they hold all the chips. They've got all the all the leverage in this deal. Barcelona would have to come in and negotiate a return for him if they wanted if they right. wanted Trincao to come back. Um, and at this point in time, Wolves are uh, you know there's no suggestion that Wolves are going to put any uh, going to entertain it at all really. Um, now it you know on a speculative uh, side of things, if you know hypothetically the the player you know wants to go. Mm-hmm. You know that changes things because that you know Wolves are going to have a, a reason then to you know to get rid of him because they're not going to want a player that doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, but as it stands, you know if Trincao is happy and, and wants to stay, um, unless Barcelona negotiate something that is you know difficult for Wolves not to turn down, which you'd imagine would in, involve some you know some sort of uh, compensation or some sort of fee because Wolves have got that that deal. Uh, locked in for him, then then he'll be going nowhere. Uh, so it, it really depends how badly Barcelona want him back, and if the player at all gets um, tempted to go back. And uh, again, just being just speculating on it, uh, it'd be interesting as to whether he does have that temptation because it's a new manager coming in. If he wants him, you know that's a that's a vote of confidence in him to him, him to go back there. Um, and Xavi, of course, is a you know Barcelona legend, so. It would uh, it would certainly be interesting, but as, as it stands, you know, Wolves are are not looking to entertain it at all. Um, it would only depend on on what Barcelona could negotiate if they wanted to, and of course, if the player decided he he wanted to, that would uh, that I would imagine that would change things. It wouldn't surprise me, Liam, and this is me just uh, no information, but it would not surprise me personally if Francisco Trincao said to Bruno I want to go back to Barcelona it, it just wouldn't you know like you say the, the lure of it and I understand that Barcelona are not the, are not the side that what, what they were but new manager going back new camp not really done anything like maybe he's probably capable of so far winter coming up I, I, I would be if the reports are correct it wouldn't surprise me if there was a want from the player to potentially go back now. That's not saying that Wolves will 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 let him go. Um, two two points really. One because you know you've got Adama Traore who we don't know what's going to happen with him in January. So that's that's a that's a big question mark. Daniel Pedence, you know, 
you've got to say is is injury prone the way we've seen so far. So you know he hasn't played any kind of uh, a lot of minutes, but you hope that he stands up. You've got Pedro Neto who's potentially coming back in January, but he's got to be a question mark because you don't know how he is going to be fitness wise. So. You know, we talk about a thin squad as it is at the moment. If you lose another player, you've got to obviously replace them. And that that could, you know, let's say Trincao does go back, that could lead to a formation changing itself probably with going with going Huang and Jimenez and and maybe they get Renato Sanchez over the line and they play him in the hole. And, and you know, you could there's a lot of falling and moving parts here, I think. And, and it could be a very interesting next couple of months at the club. Um, look, I, I think... Being honest, if if everybody was fit and firing or ready to go, I would not have an issue with Francisco Trincao going back. He hasn't impressed me. He hasn't saying that. I think there's a player there, but for me, not good enough at this moment in time. And I, I could say that about a couple of players, actually, who have come for big money recently. But I think if we're talking about Trincao now, we're talking about Neto's going to come back and he will be fine in January. And you can guarantee and you can't guarantee that. And they're going to sign one to two players in January. And Traore is going to stay until until at least the summer or sign a contract. I I, I, w- I wouldn't be I, I would be okay with Francisco Trincao going, but with a caveat that the these things are going to go into place, you know. And and Bruno's obviously wanted more players in his squad, and so it's difficult to to potentially um, guarantee that what's happening because we thought it was all going to happen in the summer. If they can negotiate it, Liam, the other thing that I'd want from Barcelona, and look, Barcelona, we all know about the financial disarray that they're in as a club. I don't want an IOU note from them saying, oh, we'll give you X amount, a million back or two million back or whatever. I want it in that bank account and I want it sorting out or some kind of compensation pick in the future or another loan or something along that lines because, you know, they're renegade on a load of deals at the moment. They owe millions and... Tens and hundreds of millions of pounds to, to other clubs, and they're just unsought. You know, I mean, they even owe money to bloody West Brom, <laughs> which, and, and they're, which they're, they're not going to get. They're they're, not gonna no, they're it. not going to get, and they're still waiting for money. So whatever they say and whatever they do are two different things. So I would want, I would want, you know, some some kind of absolute guarantee from uh, from Barcelona if this does happen. That's my that's that's my take on it, Liam. Well, uh, it might be a short segment because I, I I can't disagree with any of that to be honest. Um, <laughs> Just on the financial side, I think you're totally right. I think you know, Wolves have um, have brought him in. They've got a a rock solid contract here. Um, if they're going to let the player go, even if he wants to go, they need to be you know looked after, uh, compensated for it. Certainly, uh, and you know they you know they've got smart business people in, in charge. I'm sure that's that'll be a that'll be something on their mind. But in terms of the football side of things. Um, Again, I can't disagree because the, the caveats are important. But they have to have those those things in place. They have to have, um, you know, Neto coming back in, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say hit the ground running necessarily, but I would say come back in and fit mm-hmm. uh, is ready to play. Yeah, uh, of course, you know, God forbid any reoccurrence of an injury, but that you know that that can't be that could be for anyone. You know, Trincao could be injured tomorrow. You know, it's it's never guaranteed, so it's difficult to to plan for that. Um, but him being there and ready, as you say, Daniel Pudence being fit, Troy Ray either signing a contract or you know, guaranteed at least to be staying in in January. Those would have, those would have to be in place or ready made replacements if those aren't in place for Trincao to be going um, mm. because the squad isn't big enough as it is. They can't afford to to make it even smaller. Um, but 
looking at him in isolation, has he done enough? No. Um, do I think there's a player in there? Yes. I think there's, I think he's got very good qualities. I think he's very capable. Um, but he's he's also young. He's adapting to the Premier League and the style of it. Um, I think I think he'd be you know if you speak to him, I think surely he would admit that you know he's probably struggling with the speed of the Premier League because it's very very different to Portugal and Spain. Um, very very different and. I think he takes too much time on the ball. I think he dilly dallies with it. He's, I think he takes too much time to to think about what the next move is as well. I don't. I don't think he's not an intelligent footballer. I just think it's it's too much to adapt all at one time at the moment. And he probably shouldn't be starting games. So if he does go, for me, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And if you ask me right now, you know, should Wolves sign for twenty five million at the end of the season? Right now, I'd say no. Does that could that change between now and May? Or yeah, of course it could. I think he's a very talented player. It's just not quite working for him yet. Uh, if Bruno can if Bruno can get it out of him, I think that would be one of the that would be one of the successes of Bruno's first season, regardless of where Wolves finish, because I think that is probably his hardest task right now is getting something out of Trincao. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting, Liam. I'm not holding out massive hope, but I hope I'm proved wrong. Um, look, when you look at Wolves looking to wrap up a deal for Huang in January for thirteen million pounds, and you've got Trincao, who's going to be worth, who's going to be costing double that in in the summer. I mean, for me, Huang's twice the player and half the fee. So it's that, that that's the kind of good business deal that you want to make as a football club and good business decisions at this moment in time. You say, you know, Trincao twenty five million pound. I don't think anyone would be absolutely dancing around Molyneux if that happened. Um, and 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 they you know they they lock that up in January, which they're obviously not going to do. But whether he's whether he was a Wolves player past January, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. And I think it will be um, definitely if, if that does happen, then they will they will obviously um, have to have guarantees, and they'll be getting players in before that, or, or exactly at the same time to make sure that that they do replace. Um, it's yeah, it's it's an interesting one, mate. It's an interesting one. I, I hope. I just hope it works. I hope it works out. I've lost my train of thought now, but I hope it works out for for Wolves and um, the decision. They make the right decision on it because, um, like you say, what you don't want is a player there who doesn't want to be there. I'm not saying that he does. I'm sure he's enjoying his life at Molineux, and there's lots of you know Portuguese guys there so to to look after him. But at the same time, you know you want to be playing week in week out, and I'm I'm not too sure whether whether everybody fit Francisco Trincao is in that starting lineup. And when and when Barca come calling, it's. Uh... It's it's different. I know he was there last season. He played a lot of games last season as well. But with a new manager and mm. opportunity, you know, you know, look at their starting eleven and, and that squad. comfort zone as well with the players, with the pitch, with with, with the yeah. way that the, the style and I know, it might change your style slightly. But um, what well, one? This is where I've got my got it back. This is this is why you should make notes. <laughs> Trade of thought. I was waffling for about twenty seconds. What it seems to me, Liam, is is January could be interesting time for us because if let's say Trincao goes and let's say they bring in a Let's hope a Renato Sanchez and maybe one else, someone else, and then you've got the you've got the African Cup of Nations, and you're going to lose some you know lose some defenders. It seems to me like you know a Neto coming back and, and and some more central positions. It seems to me like there's a there's a potential change here of that formation that might naturally happen in January and and you know January, late January, February. Where just because of the sum of the parts and the players that are available and the players that might be brought in, that that might lean naturally to that back four and to the four four two or 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 different formation with maybe just Raúl up top or two up top that that Bruno's known for. 
I, I think so. I do. I do. I, I think I said this um, a couple months back, actually, that it's it feels like it's um, that could be a natural uh, development there because there's, there's going to be a lot of dominoes, a lot of moving parts around that time. Um, and depending on you know how many players are fit, particularly in the, in the centre-back position, they, it may be the only option anyway. Um, it will certainly be interesting. I think um, it's going to be a pretty busy busy month. Um, not necessarily saying that that's, that means, you know, they're going to bring in, you know, four or five signings in the sense that, you know, players going off to African combinations, you've got to keep an eye on them, how they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, going to be, they're looking at bringing players in, but there's no, not, not going to be an immediate rush. Um, Wolves are, ne- Wolves are never panicked uh, and, they, and they won't do again, particularly when, you know, the players will be coming back after potentially only a few games. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting because it, it, you know, as I say, dominoes moving parts. One thing changes; it could, you know, it could affect the whole thing. Morocco or, or getting to through to the semis or the, or the final might, you know, totally change the out the outlay of uh, of January. It, it could be really interesting. Um, I, for me, I, I would definitely make additions. Just me personally, they need a centre back and a centre midfielder. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious uh, for depth, but for depth in quality as well yeah. uh, you know particularly if Dendonka ends up playing centre-back for a couple of games which he very well may do if they stick with the three they've then got no senior cover in, in midfield they've only got Neves Moutinho left it's a uh, it's a precarious position to be in but then they're also looking at you know some of the young lads out on loan um, Sanderson Dion Sanderson Ryan Giles Austin Samuels and for some reason, I've forgotten the fourth player off the top of my head. Connor Ronan, there we go. I don't know why I forgot him. Um, all four of them are back at concert <coughs> moment, um, training with the, with the team. Uh, and there's definitely a, a potential with Sanderson to come back. He's been doing well with Blues. Potential for him to come back in January as, uh, as an option for cover. I, I'm sure, I think, it, was it last winter or the winter before? I think it might have been last winter. They did a similar thing with Ryan Charles. Um, brought him back from his Shrewsbury loan. Mm. Um, kept him for the whole of January and then at the very end of January he sent it back out and went to Coventry didn't he I think mm. so you know there's a potential to do something very similar with with Sanderson because um, they just may need the colour they may need the bodies uh, in the building um, particularly with uh, with Sice and Bolly out yeah I mean you can't see him playing much can you because I mean, you've got Marcel you've got Hoover as well as backups exactly so yeah. Den Donker of course but I mean look, there's always one that needs to be named on the bench or one or two that needs to be named on the bench with, with the amount of uh, names how many, how many do you get on the bench these days 20, 25 I don't know the squad <laughs> goes on and on uh, yeah, going, yeah I, com- I completely get what you're saying Liam um, uh, one, one, one last thing um, I, I do one little believe it or not before we go on to um, to the questions and we've got a little bit of time questions today which is nice got more than 10 minutes which is which is superb because we haven't got a game on Saturday um, believe it or not Liam just one question Willie Bolly returns to the starting lineup versus West Ham United not mm. I don't think um, I don't think Brilliant's going to make that, that leap yet uh, that's the one thing he's been very reluctant to do so far and you know there's a few reasons I imagine for that. You know, that a solid, consistent defence and a consistent base is always important for a team. Um, but I've got to give credit. Kilman obviously has been the standout. I think he's been brilliant. But barring a couple hairy moments here and there, Cody and Sight have actually been pretty solid. Um, so they haven't really given huge reason to 
for all of them to drop out. And I mean, let's be honest, it would be Sauce as well who would drop out. Um, he hasn't really given any reason um, for that to happen yet. So you know, Willie Bolly's got to bide his time. He's got to he's got to wait for an opportunity. And um, if I'm honest, I can't see that coming until potentially he comes back from the uh, African Cup of Nations. Wow, unless, really? there's, unless there's an injury, of course. But genuinely, yeah, which, which we might be talking about Willie Bolly not playing in the Premier League between unless he comes off the, the bench maybe for to see a game out or whatever. But um, we, we might be talking about him not playing in the Premier League between August and February, which which wow. seems incredible, doesn't it? Particularly when he's fit, it seems incredible. But he has been injury prone. Um, and I don't think the others have given him given Bruno any reason to drop them yet I'd be, um, surpri- I'd be surprised I, 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 will, I, I'd, I think we will see him but I, I can understand your thought process um, because, because look we haven't seen it so far what I would say and you could, you could say this for the last two, three, four, five weeks so, so you know it's not it's not making Bruno's decision you know changing Bruno's decision at all but if you've got every single centre back at the club take away you know, character traits or whatever, but but all of them, you know, you don't need a captain, you don't need anything. Every single centre-back at the club playing the best at the best top of their game, fully fit. For me, Willie Bolly is the best central defender at the club still. Yeah, I'd have to agree. So it's just, it's still bizarre when you think about that he's still just, you know, an unused substitute all these occasions when he is in inverted commas fit. So... I get Max Kilman's been unbelievable, and, and I get that. But if if I've if I'm setting aside to win, and ev- and everybody's fit, then Willie Bolly is one of the is without a shadow of a doubt starting for me. So it's just bizarre that when you've got three spots, and he's fit, that he's still not in this team. And you know whether you like it or not, you know yes they're having a good run, and I think that's I think if they'd lost a couple more, then I think we'd have seen Willie Bolly in the side. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting going forward to see. Uh, whether um, whether he gets back in, I would say Liam, and I think I think you're right. I, I would th- I would say that he will go with the same back three against West Ham. If they lose to West Ham or concede a load in some sort of three three thriller or two two thriller, I'm going to say that he will be he will be in that starting lineup the following week at Norwich. That's what I would say. Mm. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, right, should we move on to questions? Uh, before uh, a little word from our sponsors, Adoption at Heart. Adoption at Heart uh, provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Warsaw Council, Dudley Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book on the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the, to see the next available dates uh, or book your place. Call 01902-553818. Right, here we go, Mr. Liam Keane. Ken Mayer has popped up. Hello, Ken. Looks like he's, um, his emote looks like he's very happy with himself. Looks like he might be a chef, actually. Um, oh yeah at one mad chef I tell you what back in the day Mean Spears got invited to some restaurants you know some chefs there we've had some lovely meals I haven't had any offers this year for a free meal not that I'm scrounging but it'd be nice to it'd be nice to go out with, with Mr Liam Keane after an away game to a lovely restaurant by, cooked by a Wolves fan I'm scrounging you are you are you're the biggest scrounger going mate I'm Someone stunned I'm stunned 
Um, Ken says, I don't think we need a centre-back. We have five. Bolly, Kilman... So we're talking about maybe, you know, the Botman, Botman transfer rumours. But um, we have five. Bolly, Kilman, Mosquera, Cody, Saiz, Marcel, Dendonka, Hoover can cover injuries. Bring back Sanderson, like you talked about just then. Short-term if needed. It's quality midfields is our biggest issue. Just wondering um, what you think on this subject. It's a good question, Ken. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, definitely. Um... I can see the argument that midfield is more important, certainly, because when you've got a Dendong who can come into defence, uh, Marcel, Hoover, if Sanderson does come back, um, and of course, Bolly and, and Sars are going to come back when the African combinations eventually, you know, they're not being sold. So, um, yeah, I um, I can see the argument there, certainly. Uh, of course, also, when we're talking about the cover for centre-back, we're talking about one of them. Dendonka, who is a midfielder, so it leaves the midfield options even shorter than uh, than they would normally be. So, um, I, I I probably would just about agree actually that centre back is uh, sorry centre midfield is is slightly more important. But for me, I would I would still bring a centre back in. I think the clubs and the squads needed it for a couple of years now, and they need an addition there. Um, but can you see Mosquera playing this season in the first team? Uh, yes, but I wouldn't expect anything. Quickly, um, you know, I think there's a question about this, so I can answer it now briefly. It's um, in terms of time frame. They're looking New Year. Where it was what August it happened, uh, and it was four or five months uh, was the prognosis. So you're looking, you're looking in the New Year, um, and, and of course it takes. You know, he's going to need a pre-season of sort. It takes a lot of you know time to get uh, back up to speed. So I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't. You see him starting. Being... You see him going ahead of these players and starting in a, in a, in a, in a, in a Premier League lineup. Potentially, yeah, but it would. Be, I, I'm talking proper back end of the season at this point, though. I think just to get get him some games, particularly if Wolves aren't playing for a, for a fat lot by the end of the season, which may be yeah. the case. Yeah, uh, I can see him getting a couple of games, um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't bank on him being. You can't rely on a player coming back from an injury like that. To, it's the same with Neto and, and the mm. forward options. You can't rely on that happening um, straight away for them. So, um, but I would say just about. I would. I would agree that midfield is. It's slightly more pressing because you see what happened at Palace. Had they played then Duncan and played a three, it might have been different. But the style of midfield as well, you can see Conor Gallagher how he, you know, drives forward with the ball, breaks through the lines, enters the final third. Wolves need a player that can do that, can carry the ball forward, um, and can play nice passes in tight areas, which which Moutinho and Neves do. Um, but of course, they always look out. They always look wide for the outlay, um, the ball out wide, and uh, and and to to turn the ball over in the transition uh, a bit quicker. So um, I think they basically they, a player in the style of Renato Sanchez, mm. uh, which we'll keep going back to him because he's always in our minds now because of what, what happened. But um, I think they, they definitely need that. And uh, if they don't get that in, that would be, for me, a bit of a disappointment for January. Nothing but Neto. What do you think is the cause of our inconsistent play? Some halves we look unstoppable and other games like Palace and Brentford we can't string anything together. Is this bad management, bad players, or some combination of the two? Um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with either of those. That it's bad management or bad players. I think uh, there's certainly mistakes made tactically. I think against Palace certainly. Um, but the biggest thing for me is the. They're still in a transition of getting used to, to Bruno, and I, I do think that that plays a big part in it because you have to remember they had four years, and it's largely the same squad. Four years of Nuno, um, 
and he's trying to do something very different, Bruno. So I do think that is a, a big part of it. And of course, that only goes so far. You know, you know, in a year's time, we can't be talking about the players still adapting to him. But I, I do, you have to remember, it's only been a few months. And I think that plays a part in it. Um, but there have been tactical errors in starting games. Uh, I think Palace, again, as I say, was was one of them. Um, it's difficult to to put it down to the reason within games, though. So the Everton one, for example, you know, having a arguably one of their best performances of the season in the first half and then second half struggling. Everton made tactical changes. Wolves didn't really adapt to that and once the momentum had swung, they never really regained control of it. So, again, perhaps they should have made some tactical changes themselves. Um, but I just think it's a, a case of consistency will come in time, I think. I think that's I think that's what it is. I think they just need a bit of time to, to really get used to it and for additions to come in because they need that. Peter Fryman, are Donka, Bolly and Pedence angling to leave over a lack of playing time and how much do you think they would fetch? I wouldn't I wouldn't say so, no. I think um I think I think they'll have opportunities. You know, Dendonka started a few games ahead of Nevers, of course. I think they'll have opportunities. Um how much would they fetch? That's a good question. You have to take their age into account, of course. Um Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle with this because I I'll end up adding you know ten fifty well, million inflation. Well, you like twenty five million last week. I don't so, you know. I didn't I don't value him at that at all. So <laughs> don't even go there. Um, how old is Bonnie now? He's thirty thirty one. Yeah. Market value. I mean, they're probably sort of the lowest market value there would be at this moment in yeah. time because of you know the way they're playing on and lack of playing time and. Uh, would you Would you get back what you paid for Bolly? You probably just under. Uh, I was going to say around 10 for Bolly. Yeah, I was going to, that's exactly what I was going to say, yes. Oh, here we go. No, it actually was, I was literally about to say 10, because they, they paid around that for him, didn't they? Dendonka. Dendonka, how old is Dendonka now? Is he 26, is he? Mm-hmm. Do you even know, or you just you just agreeing with me? No, I'm just agreeing with you. He is 26, I was right. Um, I reckon you could... 15-ish, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say probably a little bit less, but... I think they're all pretty much the same value, to be honest. Yeah, I'll, all I'll in and around say, yeah. tennis, to be honest. Nah, um, I think you'd get more for Pedence and Dendonka, maybe. personally. Maybe. I reckon a club would pay how 20 much they, How for, much do they buy Pedence for? Oh, that's a good question off the top of my head. So many numbers flying around my brain. <laughs> right, bear, I, I, you know, d- d- behind the curtain here, I'm letting you know letting the fans in. I'm going to Google it whilst we're right Google here. Google it, Google it. Wolves sign... Daniel Pope. Yeah, I think I don't think it was much more, but I might I might I might be wrong. Um, it was around the sixteen mark. Okay, sixteen. So I should probably get probably get your money back, maybe. Yeah, I reckon you get get your money back. You might even you might be able to squeeze, particularly for a forward. Or, or, mm. How old is he now, Pedence as well? I'll Google it. <laughs> I'm about to tell you, twenty six as well. Yeah. Uh, I reckon you could squeeze twenty out of that probably. I might say a little bit less than that but you know that could climb rapidly if he gets his place back and starts scoring goals um, uh, good question Peter good question you asked about seven there so I picked one of them so you're welcome um, <laughs> let's have a look uh, CJPS do you think Bruno Jordao and Meritan Shabani with their pedigree previous to the club and the ability we have seen in glimpses will they get a chance to impress in the first team under Bruno so these are two guys that maybe you'd think would be in and around the squad, especially Jordao. I think more than more more so than Shabani um, would definitely be on the bench. I'm sure if he if he was fit. What's the latest with both of those? Yeah. So um, as it stands, you know, they need a bit of time. I mean, Shabani's a strange one because it's all 
sort of quite radio silent on that, so I'll have a look. But Jordao is um, he's back uh, on the grass now, which is good. Uh, I don't think he's quite in team training, but there's one or double check. But he's definitely on the grass, uh, so he's getting closer. Um, I think they'll get an opportunity certainly in training uh, to impress, and you know they may if they're the squad's short, they may uh, get a chance on the bench. Um, but it's difficult to say will they get a chance under Bruno or not because it all really depends on what they on what they show and circumstances are, are huge. You know, if a, uh, you know if there's an injury to a to a, a player in their position, they may you know get an opportunity to step one up the pecking order. Um, so it's difficult. It's difficult to say really. It's all hypotheticals. But um, it would be nice to see a few more like Kilman has a few more of the youngsters really pushing into that starting eleven. Not just mm-hmm. into the squad, but really into the start eleven over the next few years, and 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 you're right in the question you mentioned about their the pedigree. They've come from from good clubs, you know. Uh, Shabani's had a an appearance for the first team by Munich, hasn't he? So, um, and, and Ajax wanted him. I, th- I think the reports at the time were so. Uh, it'd be nice to see uh, injuries. Obviously, are, are unfortunate, but it'd be nice to see a few more. And then those two would be two I would have right up there to really push on and get in. Uh, over the next year or so. Uh, yeah, very good. Um, I'm just looking to see. There was a question that I, fa- I don't know who asked it yet. So apologies. Uh, I'm just trying to find it. I don't know who asked it. So apologies. He said, uh, "If if Bruno lost five games, would he get sacked?" Of course, this is uh, in direct uh, correlation to Dean Smith going as Aston Villa manager. And I bring that up because literally about one minute ago, he's been announced Stephen Gerrard as the new manager of Aston Villa. Um, well, would he? And uh, I don't think he would. But um, um, ask you, Liam, and also uh, Gerard. What do you what do you make of him? On the Bruno one, quickly. Uh, no, I don't think so. You've got to remember that with Villa, it was the twenty twenty one record in general. They had a bad back end to last season as well, uh, and also they. It wasn't just these five games, although they did look pretty poor in a few of them. Aside from the Wolves game, actually, although they had a Dramatic uh, collapse. Wolves broke it, baby. Wolves and, uh, broke them. They, 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 they were pretty. They were actually pretty good for about <laughs> 70, 80 minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they they obviously lost all the games in the season. That you know they they've been struggling. But um, what do I think of Gerard? It's a t- it's a tough one because he's done a very good job at, at Rangers, but uh, arguably I could have not bad. Arguably I could have done a good job at Rangers or Celtic. You know. In the SPL, it's not exactly when you've got you know the financial power those two have got in comparison to the other clubs and obviously the mm. squads they've got. It's not. Uh, no offense. I, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want. No, 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 no. Listen, you, I don't, don't, don't want to diminish. I don't want to diminish the the achievement, but it's not the Premier League, mate. Me or you could finish top two in this SPL managing that, and I, I have mean, done, Celtic basically handed them the title. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, but I'm I'm not too sure. We'll see. Uh, GH1980, believe it or not, would Liam beat Adamo in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu match slash fight? That's easy for you to say. Jiu-jitsu? There you go. There you go. Uh, believe it. Easy. Oh, um, no chance. No chance. You have no chance, Adamo. Come on. Look, you know, he's, he's obviously a strong lad. He's a big lad. I've had... I'm going to phrase this correctly. In jiu-jitsu... I've had some big lads on top of me. <laughs> Look, it's haven't uh, we all, mate? Uh, yeah, we will be in there. Um, yeah, sorry, Adama. Unless you do a bit of training, lad, it wouldn't end well for you. <laughs> um, right, let's move on. Ba, 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 ba. 
Matt Kirby says, uh, how much of a concern is Bruno's in-game management from the crazy all-out attacking subs versus Brentford, which was never going to work, to late subs in every game, which has cost us points? Only the Villa did the subs make a positive change, but I think we'd agree they were all 20 minutes too late and he probably got away with that one. Palace was ridiculous. Everyone could see we needed a third centre midfield on. Was Adama given any instruction? Question mark. We seem to line up with a four when he came on before him being told to go to right wing back, which again was never going to work. A lot to digest there. Yeah, I um, I do think he's made a few mistakes there. Um, and I think it's, uh, to give him the benefit of the doubt, I think it's a, it's a learning process for him as well, being, coming to the Premier League and um, and figuring out each, each opposition as well as what he wants to do with his Wolves side. But at the same time, we've got to call a spade a spade sometimes and say that there have been a few errors and the timings of the substitutions I think have been certainly too late. It's interesting, I think we mentioned this in the last podcast, his reaction to a question of mine about that, saying that, you know, fans don't always understand the basically the small things they have to take into account, such as set pieces, which is an example he gave, uh, defending set pieces. Um, and he has to take that into account, bringing players on. Um, mm. But sometimes I think you've got to You've got to take a little bit of a of a chance. I think it was a little bit too conservative in the in the in the decisions. And when you look into seventy eightieth minute before making subs, which it has happened in previous games, it's too long. Um, Adama and Palence came on what sixty five, I think it was at Palace. Yeah. Um, which isn't terribly late. I'd have given it. I'd have, I mean, I'd have done it at half time to be honest. But you know, maybe even ten fifty minutes earlier than that as well. But it's it's not horrifically late like some of the other games it has been but then to put Adana in right wing back didn't make any sense to me at all you want him further up the pitch you need him up there because he needs to you needed someone to affect the uh, the play I understand you know, I understand what you're trying to do you know trying to bring have an extra attacker on, on the field and obviously keeping Huang on as well but it didn't work it didn't work whatsoever um, and it did it, I thought that ship had sailed really with Adana playing there it didn't really make sense um, so I do think there's room to work on that it's yeah, it's he said. Tough, he said. He, he said in the post-match press conference that look, you know, benching Adama Troy has got nothing to do with him signing a contract. He just picks his team. Um, and I, I believe him. I, I do believe him. But uh, I mean, you're not really giving the guy um, a lot of a lot of um, what can I say? Um, want to sign this contract when he's been on the bench every week, or then he's been getting put in at right wing back. I mean. You know, if you if you want to keep a guy happy or keep him playing, then the player's happiest when they're playing. If he's not playing, and then you ask him to sign a long term contract, you can you can kind of understand it when he's he's not been a regular recently. Yeah, I think at so. At this I, moment in time. Yeah, I think so, and particularly the the Palace game, it, it was screaming out for for him, really, wasn't it? Are we too are we too are we too quick to say make a change at half time? Because I know that I do it, and 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 I think other people do it, but. Maybe that's maybe that's just a ridiculous thing. Maybe that's an absolute dramatic move to change at half time. And a lot of managers, a lot of managers don't make changes at half time, and they give it 15, 20 minutes to see if it works. But it's the easy thing to say. Well, you should have changed it earlier. But um, maybe that's because maybe that's where media and they're, and they're the manager. Maybe there is a you know a philosophy to say okay, rather than half, it's fifty percent of the way through the game, you need to give it to seventy percent to see the actual main effects work. Sometimes it takes the last 15 percent of a of a sixty five minute seventy minute period before you're going to actually get fruition. If that's going to happen, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point, and it was nil nil at the time as well. Um, but I, I I just think in this very specific example of the Palace game, I thought it was just fairly obvious they needed something something else, particularly either a midfielder 
or to play Chara. I just thought it was for yeah. me. It seemed fairly obvious that that's what they needed because the, the game was crying out for that because yeah, they had no no control in midfield, and every time they were going forward, they had no they had no real bites in attack. They were trying to counter attack with with players that aren't suited to, to that system really. Last few questions then, Liam. Last few questions because now you've got to go because you've got your, your, your lovely day out and going to um, you know, <laughs> wrestling, um, WWE, uh, um, you know, flip-flops and snap suplexes and all that kind of thing. Um, Shu says, who would last the longest in a Wolves media personality version of Squid Games? That's a very interesting question. You watched Squid Game, have you? I certainly have. It was very good. Enjoyed it? Yes. Oh, I enjoyed I, it. I enjoyed it. Did you watch it uh, dubbed or with subtitles? I watched it subtitled. Um, I watched the first opening five minutes dubbed, and then and then um, and then went to subtitled. And I actually enjoyed subtitled. I know people have to concentrate on the screen a little bit more, but it's, it gets very easy. You get used to it very very quickly. Um, I, I saw on Twitter today that some people are absolutely um, blasting it, saying there was rubbish acting. I mean, I thought it, I thought it was very enjoyable. I must admit, I'm not going to give away any spoilers. Um, but I did get who the front man was pretty quickly, and immediately I knew what the old man connection was. I, so that, and I don't know, a lot of people didn't, maybe, but I, I thought it was pretty obvious to me. But that didn't yeah. stop my enjoyment of the whole show, and I think it got they announced yesterday that there was going to be a season two, so that's great. Um, but I enjoyed it, mate. I enjoyed it. No, it was very good. It was very good. I mean, I, I didn't actually realise that you could. I just started playing it and it was automatically dubbed. I didn't realise you could change it. I just assumed oh, it was okay. like that, so I watched okay. it dubbed. Um, but it wasn't too bad actually. It was alright. It was. It wasn't too much of a distraction really. You got as you say, you got used to it. You'd who would last longest? Who would last longest? I mean, that's a great question, Stu. Um, well, you need to have. Let's have a look. What do you um, need to be a successor in the? In well, the you need game? to. Well, I'm trying to work out who would. Who is a gambling degenerate? Who's, got, who's who's who who would sell his sell his mother for a dollar and um, and you know has got a little bit of evil and would would, would leave people hanging to the, to their death. Um, I'm, I've, I've got absolutely no idea, Stu, who that's uh, who who that would be. <laughs> I tell you one, people would go early from a Wolves media personality point of view. Alex Dickin gone. God, too nice, mate. <laughs> too nice. Dickin, you're He's gone, son. mate. He's gone. Um, Nashi would Nashi's probably going to go early, mate. And yeah. Mikey Burrows has gone. Yeah. Too, too trusting, Agreed. too nice. Um, I think you're going to. I mean, you've got a little bit of shit about you, mate. I think you'll 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 definitely stay in pretty long, mate. I think you could be towards the end, you know. I think I, so. I, I'm particularly. I want to be going to sleep at night. I won't want to go to sleep at night. <laughs> oh, you know, with you on the end of the room, mate. The first thing I'd do is I'd choke you to death. First thing I'd. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even use a weapon. I would just use these. Uh, these unbelievable Adama Traore biceps oh, and I would just I would just <laughs> the, the last thing you'd see is my arm coming across your neck slowly squeezing the life out of you Spears would have a relationship with one of the birds in there and then, and then she'd kill him and they'd both go to the death I reckon yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I reckon so uh, yeah no I think I, I think I do well I think you know what George Edwards not, gone gone oh yeah Edwards is gone yeah, too Edwards, nice Edwards has snuffed it straight away yeah. um, not just because you Gave me a little bit of a compliment there. I'll give you. I'll give you one back. I do think he'd do all right. But if it came down to me and you, and it was that that one at the end, and we were like the fighting to the game. death. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't even be. It wouldn't be a challenge. I'm obviously, obviously, like twice as strong. So it would be, um, you know, like while we're fighting each other and they're, you know getting knives out and wrestling to the floor. You know, it would be too easy. You'd be you'd be brown. Uh, you'd be brown bread. Simple as that. 
I've, 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 I've left you on the glass steps in the, in, in the game before, mate. <laughs> right, okay. Um, so, look, Nag King Wolf. Um, uh, Wolves women, seventh heaven. Last time round, you were there, weren't you, Liam? Um, Sunday is against uh, against Calcer as well. Were you there? No, I, no, oh, I wasn't. No, I thought you, you were there. My I thought you set me up there. for a joke then. No, no, I thought you were there. No, 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 I did the under-23 game oh, recently, didn't I? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I still need... I'm still... Because I've been taking these international breaks off, I've been struggling to get to Wolves. Well, mate, Sunday gonna, away at Sporting Calcer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna there do, you go, this Sunday. I'm, I'm gonna do one ASAP. I am. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get along. But um, what was the, what was the question, sorry? Just saying, how good they're doing. They are. I tell you what, Dan's doing a cracking job with them, isn't he? Fantastic particularly, job. particularly when you know you're taking this step up. Um, and I know they, they with COVID getting in the way, and they've done so well uh, beforehand, mm. and, and that that stopped them from making that step up earlier. Um, but they're doing a, they're doing a cracking job, and it can only it can only be uh, a good thing for for the club. You know, the further they go, be, wouldn't it be great to have a WSL women's team at Wolves? It'd be, it'd be, it'd be cracking. Yeah. So uh, yeah, oh, yeah no, fair play to them. Right, last three, uh, two three word answers. Uh, Ronan Gibbons, what what do you think our budget will be in January, and how many players do you think they bring in? Yeah, let me let me just um, let me just get the, uh, the the finance book out now, and I'll just tell you <laughs> to, to the to the penny what the budget's going to be. Uh, no, look, there's. Um, I think there's a question about financial fair play again, uh, which you know, just to cover that as well in the same question. Um, look, there are there's there's money to there's money to spend if the deal's right, if it's right for Wolves, if if everything is uh, what they would class as a smart investment. Uh, there's money to spend on the right players and the right positions. But I will caveat that by saying that, and this is this is always going to be the case. Uh, well, it has been so far. And I don't imagine, I don't expect it to change. Wolves have never and won't panic um, by bringing in any old per- any old player. I know they made a few errors. You know, you, know, you could mention Catrone, Vallejo, the sort of players that haven't worked. Um, but they're not they're not going to panic. Overall, they've had a very good hit rate with signings, um, and they'll only do a deal if it's right if it's right yeah. for them. Particularly, you know, talk about the centre backs. Are they going to panic and bring someone in because they they might be low? They they feel there's adequate cover Bruno might, may feel slightly differently of course but they feel like there's ad, ad, adequate cover if they uh, if, if they need it if they need it if they, if they can't bring someone in if they, if they can't get a deal over the line Botman is on the radar is it going to happen we don't know Sanchez is on the radar a similar situation they're both playing Champions League football at Lille well Botman's had injury recently but you know, Lille are still in the Champions League um, so you know there's no guarantee they'd you know they get them anyway um, so yeah it's a uh, it, it's a it's a fine balancing act for Wolves. I think they need to bring in a centre midfielder, certainly, and probably a centre back as well. Um, but they'll only do it if it's right. Adrian was the one who asked about um, would Large get the sack if um, Large get the sack if they lost five games in a row. So thank you, Adrian. Steve Brown, uh, should Damas start versus West Ham? Yes. Kev- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Kev G Wolf says, what amount of points should Wolves be aiming for this season? Ah, you reminded me, Kev. I was meant to check. Uh, the te- a, bit a, a bit of a wolf, bit of a wolf howl for Kev. That was pretty good. The twenty twenty one. What points? There we go. I thought it was around that. Wolves finished on forty five points last mm. season. That's what I was going to check. And to be fair, that was a very low points haul for where they finished. Based, you know, they finished thirteenth. Based, it, not that's not necessarily a criticism of Wolves. It's based on you know the. Although they weren't great, obviously, but the the teams around them just picking up so few. Um, I think Wolves could. They're forty five. 
if they got 55, which Villa got, that would only put them in 11th last year. I think 55 would get you... Mm, it might get, you, might get you top 10 this year. I think they should aim for... I think that's that's about right, 55. Mm-hmm. I think they aim for 10 points more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's the scope to do potentially slightly better than that as well. But, um, but yeah, I think that's about right. That's a good question today. Jamie Rutherford... Uh, Rutherford says, uh, "How many? How, how much has Adama's value dropped since the end of the nineteen twenty season? How much of a factor is it in his potential sale in January?" Yeah, it's uh, you know, were you potentially looking at and 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 let me know if you think this is too much, Judah. Were we potentially at that time looking at a sixty to seventy million pound player? I think you were looking at minimum fifty. Yeah, and 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 rising, yeah. and I think that. I think Wolves would have accepted a bid for him had it come in and it had been in and around that 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 scale. I think they were expecting a bid, and I think they were expecting a bit of a war, and I don't think that that materialised. And I think that ended up being the case of why they had to sell Jota um, mm. was a big factor in that and keep Traore. Um, and obviously, that's de- that that that's decreased market value wise. I think that's pretty easy to say now. I mean, if you. Well, you know, you've got a contract expiring and a player that, that hasn't kicked on when he was really playing well, um, who's not playing in the team at this moment in time. You've got to look at his value. Let's say we'll start off, let's say 50 to, for argument's sake. You've got anything that's depreciated by what? In January, what, 20 million, 15 million at least? Yeah, I think that's about right. I think mm-hmm. that's about right. 30 to 35, you'd probably I think say. That's where he, that, that's where he. I'd hope that if someone came in for him in January and offered 30, 35, that's definitely going to be testing all of his resolve massively. Yeah. I think his, I think all of, all of the above factors are, you know, they, they play a part, his form, his contract, etc. But the biggest one for me is the contract. I think, I think, you know, clubs are not going to pay over the odds bar, <laughs> bar, bar uh, uh, you know, anomalies in that where, you know, Kylian Mbappe's out of contract at the end of the season and Real Madrid offering 200 plus million for him. But um, aside from small things like that, on the whole, clubs are not going to pay over the odds for a player that's out of contract in just over a year. So um, it could, by January, of course, it would be 18 months, it would be a year and a half. So um, the only way I could see that happening, which you have mentioned before, is a club like Newcastle. You know, They're going to probably have to pay over the odds for some players because they clubs know they've got money and they know they're desperate because otherwise they're getting relegated potentially. Um, I could see Troy being the kind of player they'd be interested in potentially, but um, I think that'd be. I think you're right. Thirty to thirty-five would be testing it big time. Um, and if he's not going to sign a contract, I could see it. I could see it happening. Uh, of course, it depends. Again, it's all domino effect, isn't it? The Trincao situation, Neta coming back, are they going to bring an, an, another player in? Uh, to replace him if he does go, it's all it's all if buts and maybes at the moment. Last one, Super Grand says, "What actor would you would play you in a film of your life story?" Oh, that's a great. He got some great questions. Though. Excellent. I, I'm just about to say the same. There's been some cracking questions this week. Honestly, uh, um, we might have to start asking questions the night before so people have got time rather than like right, we're recording in 11 minutes. Send your questions in. I, oh, I've got a really. Great answer. Go on then. But I want to hear what you might. Are you have you got one yet, or shall I go? I've got one. I've got one. You know, I can think on the spot. Me. Well, I've got one. But you want me to go. Yeah, you go because I need to just Google the. the I've got two answers, but I'll come back to it. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to go Christian Bale for me. 
Uh, Christian Bale, but in, a, in his in his American Psycho day, you know, I want someone to play a kind of like egotistical douchebag who's got weird things happening in his head. That's probably. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with. I want an American Psycho, Christian Bale, please. Thank you very much. Who who also can go off set and you you, you catch him off mic, um, being being a dreadful person, really. Um, that that probably you know Terminator based. So yeah, I'm going to say Christian Bale. American Psycho is a, a great, amazing film. It's great, someone, great someone. film, but it's a, it's a great one. It's a great uh, example of him playing someone that you you'd want him to play. You Absol- absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, fun, fun fun fact: Mine and Lana's first date when she came back to my apartment in San Diego when I was living there, um, I chose American Psycho as the DVD of our choice, and she was uh, slightly um, concerned uh, of the choice. <laughs> and I'm surprised that uh, she came back for 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 another day. But you know, such is the charm. And, so, the, um, and the chainsaw that was there in the background. <laughs> and that. I've got two answers. One is more realistic than the other. Um, so, do you watch Line of Duty or did you watch Line of Duty? Oh, yes. Well, I, I didn't watch it, but I, I'm, aware of, I'm aware of the looky like I think we've discussed it many times. The, yes. Gregory Piper, who, who plays, the, yeah, who no plays Ryan Pilkington. No, okay. Uh, he's actually from the area. He's from Hellsowin, he? I think. I think so. You've got to, I mean, you've got to take a picture of you and him next to each other at some kind of event. Well, I, think, I forget who it was that someone I someone I've got on Twitter knows him. I forget who it was. Oh, and you've they, got to they, do that. Make and they happen. tweeted, they tweeted him and me in a tweet to try and get him to reply. You, know, you never, you never responded to. No, him, but, he's too, he's too big time for to, um, to mess about with Liam Keane. I know, I know. He's almost, he's twenty three as well. So he's, he's just. Uh, a year younger, well, almost two years. Because, but anyway, he's he's similar to my age as well. So, mm. yeah, but I tell you what, he there's one picture in particular I'm looking at in front of me now where I could, I like, he really does look like me. <laughs> it's it's actually mad. Um, but you know what, he's a good looking lad. So, um, so he, I'd have to go for him. I have to mention that because I do get it a lot that people say people yeah. say I look like him. No, he looks like me. Okay, but okay. the other one that I would I think would play me, and this would be an older me. <laughs> go on then. Josh Brolin. Oh, Josh Brolin. It's my, one of my missus' favourite actors of all time. Particularly him in Deadpool. Okay, really? Interesting. Because he's got a similar shaped head to me. Okay. Um, You've really thought about this. And, yeah, he's, well, you know what? I'll, I'll just be honest. He's a good-looking, rugged man. And he, I, I see myself in that. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there for this week. Absolutely magnificent. <laughs> Give Josh a call, mate. We'll get him on. We'll get him on uh, next week. Yeah, yeah I'll see, sort uh, it out. See, see, yeah, give him, give him a buzz, mate. Give Ryan, a, give Ryan a call as well. We'll get, we'll get, um, we'll get a little bit of four-way action, I think, on the podcast next week. Um, I must admit, before we went on, I said, right, Liam, get yourself off. We're going to, it's going to be a quick one today, fifty-five minutes max. Yeah, one hour twenty-two minutes later, we're still talking, and that's without even a preview of West Ham, which we'll have next week. But um, yeah, thank you, Liam, for coming on your day off and and speaking Pleasure. to me for 80, 82 minutes and counting. I appreciate that. Hopefully, the peeps enjoy it. Lots of subjects covered this week. Uh, lots more next week. We're back as normal. Um, but hopefully, this gives you you know a bit of a bit of weekend listening ahead of um, you know the boring international break that is this. Um, so look, spread the word, get it out there. Um, from me, from Liam, have a great weekend. We'll speak to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.